You have a nasty habit of surviving. Well, you know what they say about the fittest? My name is Bond, James Bond. Beg your pardon? Forgot to knock. <laughs> Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Bond, James Bond. I love that film series. My name is Hart, Kevin Hart. I won't do that too much. Anyways, love these movies. Own them on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, Laserdisc, and I own two of them on 16mm film. It's uh, safe to say I'm a fan of these. However, it's interesting, I never actually got to see this new one in the theater. I planned on it, and it just never happened. So, the next best thing watched it streaming, I guess. Pretty close to the next best thing, but uh, I, I wanted to give you guys my thoughts on it, because, you know, this is big. This, this movie was pushed back because of the pandemic. And when I watched it, and I figured out the plot, I'm like, oh... There's a pretty big reason why they had to push this movie back, and it did not have to do necessarily with theater capacities. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, but let's take a, a trip down memory lane with the James Bond movie, starting at the beginning. Well, not the very beginning. The very beginning would be the books. Then it would be the TV movie with uh, Stuart Ullman from The Shining. Uh, who played an American James Bond in 1954. That movie is bad, but it was the first one that was ever adapted to screen, so it's uh, it's cool, I guess. The first official one from Aeon Studios was Dr. No, uh, and uh, it was groundbreaking, and it was uh, historic. Got the wonderful Sean Connery playing Agent 007, James Bond, uh, considered by a lot of people to be the best James Bond. He was the original, after all, and he, uh, the way that he played that role with, um, with the coolness and the suave. I mean, he was he's wonderful. The movies themselves have not aged super well, but they were made in the '60s and adapted from books from the '50s that are make these look like, you know. Make them look clean by comparison. The books are. If you've read any of the books, I've read, I've read Casino Royale, and I've read excerpts from some of the other ones, and they are pretty dirty, in more ways than one. But we don't need to go into the books, of course, because we have the movies, which I have seen all of uh, several times, except this new one I've only seen once. Uh, as the Sean Connery movies went on, eventually he got into a falling out with the producers, and that's when George Lazenby came in to do On Her Majesty's Secret Service, uh, which, if you have seen that movie and you've seen No Time to Die, there are a lot of similarities. They reuse some of the music, and they even reuse some of the plot elements. And if you know the plot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, then you probably know why they had to uh, push this one back. Um, again, I will get into that as we get more into the movie. 
Now, after George Lazenby, they begged Sean Connery to come back and phoned it in for Diamonds Are Forever, which, although is fun, is probably one of the worst in the entire series. Uh, That's when Roger Moore took over, uh, revitalized the series, made it a lot more goofy, to the point where he goes into outer space in Moonraker, and that was basically just because they saw Star Wars, and then they were like, we want to do Star Wars, but with James Bond, and and then, of course, that's that movie went off the rails, but it's fun. I love that movie. It's fun to watch. Then, of course, you have For Your Eyes Only, which sort of brought it back down to earth quite literally and figuratively. Um, then uh, Timothy Dalton took over after View to a Kill when Roger Moore um, had to get a facelift and had to have a stunt double to do a dive roll. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, and his uh, his his um, uh, his love interest, who uh, name is escaping me at the moment, but she was the mom on that '70s show, not Kitty, but the neighbor Donna's mom. Uh, and she uh, was her mom was I think, or, or he was older than her mom, and he was like, "That's it, I'm quitting." And uh, and then Timothy Dalton took over. He took a more serious approach. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, coming back with Goldeneye and sort of having sort of a mix of a serious, but he also had some of the goofy moments. Then we get to Casino Royale with Daniel Craig. Uh, the first podcast I ever did for Let's Talk Arts and Entertainment at the station was a review of all, at the time, 24 of the movies plus the three, as we call, rogue agents. I didn't list a couple of them. Uh, they are not really that. They're not worth mentioning. They're not good. But we get to this one. Now, with... The Daniel Craig movies, they sort of follow this arc, this story arc of James Bond with Vesper in the first movie, and then it sort of uh, it sort of goes off into its own thing a little bit. And I think what they were trying to do with that first series of movies, the first couple, you get to Quantum of Solace, which was written during the writer's strike, so it's not the best movie, and it's uh, it's it's a little odd. But one thing they introduced was this organization called Quantum. You had Mr. White, you had Mr. Green, and I think they were going to try to do all sorts of different colors to represent these agents. And I think Quantum was supposed to be like Spectre. They weren't allowed to use Spectre in the movies after a certain point because of Kevin McClory, who wrote the original script to Thunderball or wrote the story for it. They tried to use it in the movie. Uh, well, Ian Fleming used it for his novel. Kevin McClory sued and won. He got exclusive producer rights for the Thunderball movie and basically threatened to sue every time they used a nuclear bomb or some sort of underwater nuclear bomb uh, in any James Bond movie. And they, they couldn't use Blofeld and they couldn't use Spectre. So when he died, uh, they basically said, all right, to hell with uh, Quantum or whatever we were going to do with this. It's time to use Blofeld and Spectre, and that's what they did in 2015 when they made Spectre, and uh, that movie was not exactly the best. I skipped over Skyfall, which was an amazing movie, by the way. Um, I saw that one in the theater as well, and then that was Spectre in 2015. Now we come to No Time to Die. Blofeld is in prison. James Bond is with Madeline Swan, his love interest from the last movie, who was the daughter of Mr. White, uh, one of the baddies that he, uh, you think that he kills in one of the earlier movies, but he doesn't. So, here is where the plot starts to pick up in the movie. Um, 
this is where uh, how do i say this this is kind of why probably the movie had to be pushed back and i don't think this is a spoiler because it is in the first like 25 minutes of the movie uh the movie deals with uh somebody trying to weaponize a virus to kill people that as you can imagine, is probably why they had to push the movie back. I don't know if that's the official reason, but uh, it's that is the plot of On Her Majesty's Secret Service, um, da- right down to using uh, like perfume to put it on your hands and give it to people. So they, I, so I'm sure, not that anybody was expecting the pandemic to happen. So I, I, my guess is that they just they were adapting this because this is very much shares similar plot beats to On Her Majesty's Secret Service. And I'm sure they did the movie, they wrote it, they shot it, and then the pandemic happens and they're like, I don't think so. And so they held off putting it in streaming services and they wanted to put it in the theater. And I wish I would have seen this in the theater um, because uh, it is a truly uh, truly breathtaking movie. The cinematography is wonderful. The soundtrack is booming and great sound effects, great sound mixing. There's a couple times where James Bond almost goes deaf from explosions. And I say a couple, he probably should be deaf. I mean, there's like three explosions in the movie that... Do the flashbang thing where you can't hear it. Let's get back into the review of James Bond's recent 25th official outing, No Time to Die. Dive a bit into some of the characters. You have the returning cast. Of course, Daniel Craig is James Bond, who's wonderful. This is probably his best performance of the entire series uh, next to Casino Royale. I would say Lashana Lynch plays Agent 007, the new 007, because at the beginning of the movie, James Bond is uh, presumed dead or retired. They don't really know. So she has taken over. Um, She is much younger. She's a younger black woman, and she tries to... um, (laughs) You know, she 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 and Bond mess with each other back and forth, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and I think when when reports came out that she was the new 007, <laughs> people got on their keyboards and ah, this is horrible. Well, she does a wonderful job in the movie. I think she's great, and I think they're probably gearing up to have her do a couple more movies of her own at some point, maybe under a different sort of. Um, well, they still be called 007 because that she was. You know, Agent 007. Um, also, in some of the re- recurring cast that have come back, Blofeld is back. Uh, Christoph Waltz, uh, not in the movie very much, and does way less than he did in the previous movie. Uh, I think they not only wasted him, but wasted the character pretty bad. Because the villain we have is uh, Safin, played by Rami Malek. And Rami Malek is, I believe that's how you say his name, great actor. This is a little dull in this one. He doesn't really, his motivation is, I'm angry and I want revenge. And I'm going to kill everybody, or at least half of the population. That's his, and uh, why? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. I'll have to rewatch it. I don't, I, I, it's not really clear. He just sort of has these bug eyes and like stares at the, whoever's talking and does this he talks this is uh, James Bond you are the villain to me you know all this stuff so you don't really care for that the rest of the ensemble is great though Jeffrey Wright finally comes back as Felix Leiter missed he was great Naomi Harris is great once again as Money Penny Ralph Fiennes I believe Voldemort from uh, he plays M uh, he's great he um he he really uh developed a lot more in this one as well. Ben Weshaw's back as Q. Um 
We got to talk about the length of this movie. Um, no Time to Die is more aptly maybe called No Time to Do Anything Else the rest of the day. This movie's long, two hours and 43 minutes. Now, I love the James Bond series. I watch them all, all day, every day if I could. But two hours and 40 minutes is way too long for a James Bond movie, even one as epic as this that has a lot in it. Movie should have been much shorter. It could have easily been easily been 20 minutes shorter, probably 30, and I think it would have uh, benefited much more from that. Uh, the action scenes are great. The story, honestly, I think the story is really good. It just overstays its welcome uh, a little bit. I want to rewatch this um, more again a couple times so that I can really sink my teeth into it and and, uh, and analyze it a little more. I enjoyed what I saw. It's a little long. I'm glad I finally got to see it. Um, and I'm excited to see where the series goes from here because a lot has been opened up um, that people will be able to uh, do all sorts of new things with this movie. Um, with the movie series. So uh, can't wait to watch it again. Um, I definitely recommend it. If you haven't seen it, it's streaming now. We'll be back after news.